Hi, I'm Pastor Stefan Margeson. This is the sermon podcast for Aldersgate Worship Service of Front Street United Methodist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. Come and join us each Sunday morning in person at 8.45 a.m. in the Aldersgate Gym. God be with you. The scripture today is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, that is just uh, two things. A reminder of where we are right now, learning about our season of stewardship, but moving that language from stewardship to generosity and how that might open us up to being the people God is calling us to be. Uh, And it's also uh, a reminder that our midweek messages are awesome and wonderful. And if you haven't seen this one from this past week, that's a teaser, and it's so great. So we hope that you, it's like 15 minutes. They're not an hour. We had a couple people that thought they were an hour long, like a worship service in the middle of the week. That would be a lot, (laughs) even for us. So they're not, they're short. I think that one's like 13 minutes. So go and watch those. Uh, they're, they're a wonderful gift. They are. Um, and I don't mean that because you're looking at us. We are not the wonderful gift in that. Um, it is what the Spirit is doing through that work. It may be different, but it is beautiful. So um, these things I remind you of. And as we move into our, our scripture lesson today and what it holds for us, gosh, let us begin with prayer. Holy and gracious God, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And let us go forth from this space, growing our generous hearts. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, I I love this scripture story today. I love most scripture stories, so if I say this, uh, there's something a little extra that I love about it. And maybe you don't get it on the first reading or the third reading or the seventh reading. Go ahead and do your best throughout your own practice of scripture reading. Read it as many times as you can. Spend some days, maybe a whole week on the same scripture story. See what it means for you each and every time you come to it. Each day might be a new picture. Because as I was reading this story this week, something came up to me as I was thinking about how this might have come about in the actual happenings of what was going on for Jesus and this man with leprosy. And and I see a man with leprosy who walks up to Jesus and says, hey, if you want to, you can heal me. And and Jesus standing there thinking, "I, I do. I do want to heal you. It's not even a question for Jesus, but Jesus responds with this excitement, and at least in my mind, I, I do. 
want to heal you. I love that idea of Jesus saying to someone, I want to heal you. I want to. Because if anything else, I think Jesus is saying that to us more often than we are really hearing it. I want to heal you. That's a whole message in and of itself. But we see in this space a Jesus who desires to give. A Jesus who desires to give. What a beautiful picture it is of generosity, that generosity is not simply giving, but it's a desire to give. Generosity has this willingness, this wanting to give to others. That, that has to be there. And, and you know that, right? But we can get caught up in that rhythm because I think most of us in this room, we want to give to people, right? If you had won the lottery this past week, I imagine just about everybody in this room, they would have bought a car for a good friend or a family member. They would have tried to buy a house for someone in need. You want to give, but maybe don't always have the means to, right? Maybe you want to give to somebody who's asking for something that's on the street or, or coming to the church or uh, maybe stopping by your workspace. You want to give, but the thing that they're asking for, you just don't have. And so you can't. And I understand that. It happens to me all the time. I I'm a younger generation, so I don't carry cash more often than not. And so I, I get people that ask for some change, and, and, and often I reach into my wallet just to check, because you never know. You, I know. And I look in there, and I, and I see an empty wallet, and my credit cards are there, my debit card's there, but, but there's no cash. I, I don't have anything to give out of that space right there, and, and so I walk away feeling as though I can't give, even though I have the desire to. And when that happens to us over and over again, I think we start to think about it a little bit backwards. I think we start to think about the, the having of giving before we start to think about the desire even, because that's quicker and easier for us to get to. So somebody comes up to us and, and they say, hey, can I have a few dollars? And you immediately think, well, I don't have a few dollars. And we move along. And we move past that even thoughts of, do I have the desire to give? I think that's what trips us up more often than not. Knowing that we don't have what the other person needs means we don't even really have to think about whether we want to or not because we just can't. Because we just can't. But that's backwards. It's backwards from what Jesus shows us here. Jesus begins with that, I want to. And then finds a way as Jesus does. Now we'll come back to Jesus, but Jesus sometimes can be that example that we look at and we think, I'm not Jesus. How can I? How can I, not having, find a way to give to someone else? And so as I'm thinking about this scripture and I think about generosity, as we're working towards it, I continue to think about that philosopher I brought up last week. Do you remember? Shel Silverstein, who wrote that wonderful modern day parable. And in it, there is the story of a tree who loves a little boy. And over time, that boy, after playing with the tree, climbing its trunk, swinging from its branches, eating its apples, the boy grows up a little bit. And the boy comes back after some time and, and says, I, I want to earn some money. Can you give me some money? And the tree, not disheartened, but knows she doesn't have money and says, I, I don't, I have no money to give. 
but I do have apples. Take the apples and take them into town and sell them, and then you'll have money to buy the things that you want. Over some time, the boy grows up a little bit more and, and decides he wants a house. And so he comes back to the tree and says, tree, I, I want a house. I've got a new wife. I want to build a family. We want to grow and have a place of our own. I, I want a house. Can you give me a house? And the tree says, no, I, I don't have a house. But I have branches. And you could take the branches and turn those into a house. And so the boy does. The boy grows up a little bit more, and, and he's a little bit fed up with the world. He wants to sail off to new places. And so the boy comes to the tree and says, I, I want a boat to be able to sail across the sea, to visit new places, to experience new people. Can you give me a boat? And the tree says, I have no boat to give, but I do have a trunk. Cut that trunk down and make a boat. Fashion a boat and sail across the sea. And the boy does. I love this space in the story because we already know that the tree wants to give. The tree has a deep-seated desire to give to this little boy. We learned last week that the tree just wants to see the happiness on the boy's face at any cost. The tree desires with all of its being to be generous of itself, to see the lights in the boy's face, to spend time with the boy, to bring happiness to the boy. It is all for the other that this tree gives and gives of itself. But you see that the tree has not given the same things that the boy has asked for, but instead has thought about that desire, has spent time with it, has known that desire to give to the boy so thoroughly within itself that the tree said, I don't have what you're asking for, but I can get you close. I have this. Take it. See, this type of generosity, it's not about having the needs to give to that other person. This generosity, gosh, it's way more creative than that. If only our own creative generosity could spark within us as we see those spaces of people asking from us and, and we have that desire, we spend a little time in it, soak in that desire to give to another, we might be inspired to find new ways to give. In fact, that's something that Jesus leads to. Not in this story per se, because this is a pretty normal instance of Jesus healing another person. Jesus has the full capability of healing someone else and offers that freely over and over again. But, you know, Jesus doesn't need anything in order to do that. Jesus has exactly what the other person needs. And yet, through other spaces in Scripture, we see Jesus practicing creativity in a way to model for us how we can give to others, even though we may not have the thing that they are asking for. Because this space, like I said, it's fairly normal of Jesus healing with words. In other spaces, we understand even some normality behind, behind Jesus healing with touch, touching the other person. But then there's a few peculiar places where Jesus heals a blind man by rubbing mud in his eyes. And another place yet where Jesus heals with spit. Jesus is a creative, generous God. Jesus is a creative, generous person. And Jesus is asking us, modeling for us ways in which we, just sitting and relishing that desire that we have within us to give to another, might spend some time in creativity. Now, this is something that 
I feel like I'm preaching to the choir more often than not because you as French Street people are creative, generous givers. I've seen it. A couple of months ago, we had an event because we had a, a circumstance in Ukraine that is still going on in a church that we wanted to love over there for them bringing in refugees from across the nation and settling them into their house, into their church space. And we wanted to support them as best we could. And so we didn't have money necessarily. And we, at that point, didn't even have a way to get that money to them. But we tried and we brought together a bunch of people who were really good at baking. They were so good at baking that we put them in a competition with each other and, and we raised money that way and we raised nearly $6,000 that we then found a way to get to the church in Ukraine. That's creative generosity. And a few months later, we have this mission opportunity that we've practiced for 17, 18 years now in the Buckner Mission and Triathlon. Do you know any other churches that have a triathlon as part of their mission fundraising? I, I don't. It's a creative, generous way of giving tens of thousands of dollars out into the community for local missions. It's an amazing way in which this church gives, has a desire, and finds a way. Yesterday, in the generosity of Melissa and her team and all of those that gathered together to make a fall festival that was so filled with joy and sweets and laughter and sweets and other fun things and sweets, <laughs> There was a lot of sweets. We should have some today for anybody that needs a little extra sugar. The generosity that overwhelms within our collective as we gather together, it's, it's amazing. And so that's why our theme through this is generosity and, and stronger together. And the letters that you get in the mail and the little cards that you get to fill out, an estimated giving for next year, it says stronger together. And we are stronger together. Because any one of us may have an idea of generosity, giving to another, but it takes so many to bring that idea to fruition, to reality. And you do that each and every day. So this is a sermon of encouragement, not of admonition, but of commending all the great things that you have done, and a prayer that you continue to do so. And we do so in small acts, even, and so I'll invite Marty to come forward. She has one small act that she'd like to share. I need Jan. Mm hmm Jan, register Jan. Please get it. So <laughs> I have had the honor of knowing Jan since we were little girls, and I had the honor of being invited to one of her birthday parties. And I painted a picture, and I can't believe she kept it all these years. I gave it to her at her birthday. And then when, I I kept it yes, she did. And so then when my granddaughter was born, Ellie, when she was a little girl, Jan gave it back to me, and it's been in Ellie's room all these years. And now that Jan has a lovely little granddaughter, the tradition continues. So you can give it to your little... No, don't show it. Oh, my God. Oh, no. so. It's a little worse for wear, but... And when, when Ellie has a little daughter, then... It'll come you, back to it'll you. It'll come back That's to right. me. So. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. What a gift. What a gift. What a gift it is to give. You've seen it. You've been a part of it. 
and you're encouraged to continue in creative ways to live out that desire you have to be generous people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.